Father, we thank you for your presence in this place this morning as we gather. We thank you that even as we, if we gather online, your presence is still able to touch us. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we choose to open our hearts to you this morning and receive what you have for us as you add it to what we already have. Father, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you do something in us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. God is good, isn't he? God, you know, God wants to do so much, so much for you, so much in you, so much through you. It's important that we're so grounded in his word and grounded in him. We're, we're setting, starting from today, a period of three weeks, 21 days of prayer. From tomorrow, sorry. You can don't get panicky. Already bought your groceries for the week. <laughs> Some of us think, you know, we should maybe have prayer and fasting the three weeks before Christmas rather than the three weeks after Christmas. Because if you're in like anything like us, you've still got Christmas food in your house. We've got this three weeks of prayer and fasting, and I believe it's something we all, we all want to get, we need to get involved in. Get involved in a place where our faith is, I believe, and some. So we come out of the three weeks of prayer and fasting, having, I believe, seen breakthroughs, having, I believe, seen miracles, having seen the power of God working, our li- working in our lives, but also us growing in our relationship with Him, being stronger, having greater revelation, and being, if you like, set up for the task ahead. I want to bring a scripture as we start this morning. And I've, you know, already we are two Sundays into the new year. There's only 50 left. <laughs> I hope you're planning for Christmas. But there's only 50, there's, there's out of, out of, in a whole year, there's only 52 opportunities we get to do Sunday service. And this is the second of them. So much, you know, I love, we feel like we want to be able to do and fit in, and we're well aware of people's lives and the pressure that you get under. And you've got young families, you've got businesses, you've got schools, you've got hospitals, you've got so many things going on in your lives. And sometimes we feel like there's so much we want to pack in. But I want to give it a shot this morning and just encourage you as we get into this, into this few weeks of prayer and fasting. 
In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 through 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Say everything. That's everything. See, <laughs> when the Bible says everything, that's what it means. Everything, not, not just the big things in your life, not just the big challenging things in your life, but maybe some of the things you consider more less challenging. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything that's going on in your life, the Amplified Version says every circumstance and situation. Everything. I sometimes think if we were to embrace that and actually apply the everything to situations, Though we think we don't, if you like, need his help in or to pray for, we'd find things go a little bit easier sometimes. But what happens then when we don't, aren't anxious for anything and when we bring everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, letting our requests be known to God? God well, God wants to hear your requests. You say, well, God knows everything. Yes, he does. He knows what you're going to pray before you pray, but he wants to hear your request. He wants you to speak it out. He wants you to verbalize it. And then it says, and the God, or sorry, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Let me read that again from the Amplified Translation. It says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every situation and every circumstance, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, it's so important, church, that we remember thanksgiving. The Bible says, the Bible says in the Psalms, enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. It's so, oh, so important that we remember Thanksgiving, that we are people who have a thankful heart. You say, I'm going through some stuff in my life. You don't know my circumstances. I'm struggling to find something to be thankful for. Well, you can. You can always find something to be thankful for. You can be thankful for the fact that Christ went to the cross for you. <clears throat> With Thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which <clears throat> reassures the heart, the peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which, peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. I tell you, it's so important that we have that live with that sense of that peace which guards our hearts and our minds. The heart and the mind is like it's the center of our life, the center of who we are, isn't it? The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. <coughs> the peace of God, 
I tell you, when the people of God live in the peace of God, everything can change. When the people of God live in the peace and the assurance of who we are and what He has done for us, everything changes. God wants you to be at peace with your, in your position of who you are in Christ Jesus. He wants you to be confident in your position and not be anxious about what he has taken care of. <coughs> Dear, I thought I was going to cope with this this morning. Hallelujah. We have we got some sweets somewhere, haven't we? That I find some. There's some sweets over the back there that are really quite helpful to people that got dodgy, dodgy, dodgy throats. See, we're already a week into the new year. Already a week into this new year, and I tell you, you know, thank you very much. You can take them out. I don't. I'm not that fussy about who handles things that go in my mouth. You know, I do. Pick stuff up off the floor and eat it. Never waste a good sweet, I say. You eat sweets in your car and one falls on the floor and amongst the dirt, you know, somebody will take it and throw it out the window. Just scrabble about in the dust. I'll see if I can manage that because it won't be it won't be music to your ears if I've got a sweet in my mouth. We're already a week into this new year, aren't we? And, uh, you know, if, if, if you take a lot of notice, if you've taken a lot of notice of the news, if you've taken notice of news reports, which I believe we should, with wisdom, it's amazing some people who don't listen to news. They, they're not, they, don't seem to, they seem to isolate themselves from world events and what's going on outside of their little world. But if you take notice of the news and you take notice of world events, you will know that there's a lot going on that can have an impact in your life. You know, we live in a world that is, the world that we live in, in this world, is, is pretty ordinary, pretty safe, pretty comfortable, pretty, not a lot of challenges. And you see people around the world being persecuted for their faith, being executed for their conviction. We live pretty safe. We live pretty safe. But when we take notice of what's going on around the world, when we take, it'll have an impact on our life. It'll have an impact on our families. You know, you hear of this is going to cost you more, this is going to cost you more. How are we going to manage this? If you need an appointment here, you're going to have to wait this long. The things going on that are going to impact our lives. However, when you know the word, Things change. You will know that you can claim the words that God spoke over Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. How many of you know what Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 says? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, to give you a future. And a hope. Have I got that right? I've not quoted you the wrong scripture. 
So you can claim that over your life. You can appropriate that to your life. Because he knows the thoughts and the plans that he has for you. Thoughts to give you a future and hope. You need to claim those things, I believe. Some of you facing great challenges. We know what it's like. You don't get to the age that we get to. Having sailed through on the Orient Express. That's the train. That's all that ships sail, don't they? Trains chuff, 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 chuff. We know what it's like to face challenges. But like us, I believe that you know God. As long as we need to be reminded of that, that we know God. That we have a relationship with Him. And that we can be assured and have that peace of our position in Him. In Daniel it says that the people of God, people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know their God. When you don't know your God or you don't have that relationship with him and understand what he understands and how he played for, how he sees you, what he has played, where he has placed you, the position he's put you in, when you struggle with that, you're going to struggle with life. But God wants you to live in the peace of who he is. Be anxious for nothing but in He's concerned with everything. Bring everything to him with prayer and supplication. That's why prayer times are so important. And it is even more powerful, I believe, when a church gets together and prays. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it's a peace which you can't get your head around, will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. How many of you go into the new year with a word? Anybody come in to go into the new year with a word? And the word you're going into the new year with isn't a word, if it's from God, that is doom and gloom. Oh, everything's going to be terrible. How are we going to get through? How am I going to cope with this report, that report? What, what, is, what is going on in my life? The, 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 the word that God has given you for your life, and I believe it's important that we get a, we get a word and we, uh, we, we work with that. And have faith for it and believe it. I have, I have some people who speak into my life and as a, year, a new year comes and you wish somebody a new, happy new year, and, you, and the words that have come to me from people who I consider have got something to say are all words of hope, are all words of victory. And one of the words that's come has been one of overtaking. 
that blessings will overtake. How many of you could go with that? Anybody want to partner with me in that? Anybody want to share that? Anyone want to grab a little bit of that this morning? See, Deuteronomy chapter 28, in verse 2, or 1 and 2, says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command to you, that the Lord will God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. All these blessings. How many, how many want to be, a, be, a, be someone who is living in a place where there's blessings overtaking you? Not blessings so you're blessed necessarily, but blessings so... How many of you know you cannot be a blessing unless you're blessed? God wants you blessed. And he is talking about establishing his people and establishing their position. And he's saying if you, if you, if you diligently obey the voice of God... If you like, if you keep your eyes on him. And sometimes when the hardest seasons come, when the most challenging things come, it's difficult sometimes to keep your eyes on him. How many of you know the enemy has a plan for you? He doesn't want you to have blessings overtaking you. His plan is to kill, steal, and to destroy Does any of anybody know that? His plan, how do we know that? Because Jesus said it. John chapter 10 and verse 10. It says the thief's purpose has a, is to kill, to steal, and destroy. Put that aside because I have a purpose for you. And my purpose is to give you a life. King James says more abundantly. Some translations say rich and successful. But it's better than the life that the enemy has planned for you. And the enemy wants to see his plan, purpose, his purpose in your life fulfilled. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. And Jesus' plan is greater. Jesus' plan has more credibility. Jesus' plan he has for you and his purpose he has for you is, is if you like, is inbuilt into you. Because the thief's purpose is to come kill, steal, and destroy. But I have a purpose. It's to give you a rich and a satisfying life. So what are the blessings then? What are the blessings that will overtake you if you're, if you're, if you're like these people of old who God has sent them, if you will just diligently obey my word... Observe carefully all the commandments which I command you today. If you like, if you live for the kingdom of God, if you live out of your position of who you are in Christ, and you're recognizing that, blessings will, 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 will overtake you. Verse 3 Blessed shall you be in the city. How many of you live in a city? What a town then. How many of you live in the country? 
You country, not many country folks here this morning, maybe. Blessed shall be you if you live in a flat. Or a house. Or a bungalow. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruits of your body. Maybe there's somebody in the house this morning who's trying to have a baby. Maybe you're struggling in that area. Blessed shall be the fruits of your body. The produce of your ground and the increase of your herds. How many of you people got a few herds? Probably not many in here this morning. But for some people that is very applicable. But your herds is your livelihood. The increase of your cattle or your dogs or your cats or your livelihood. He's talking to a different generation, a different culture, of course he is. But you get the drift, don't you? Your livelihood, your families, and of the offspring of your flocks, blessed shall be, blessed, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. I know people that you know rigorously and religiously have things over their doors. Blessed, you know, I'm blessed as I'm going out of this door, and when you come back in, you're blessed when you come back in. This is not quirky. It's not weird to do that sort of thing. It's Bible. So if you choose to do that, good for you. Maybe you should have a doormat. You have doormats that say welcome and all that sort of thing, don't you? The Lord will cause your... The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated. Oh, come on. You know, you're not, not enemies that come at you, you know, with a machete to attack you. But I tell you, there are people in your world who will come at you as an enemy. Destructively into your life. But we, need, we need to be guarded against that sort of thing, I believe. Enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and they will flee before you seven ways. Come on, this is Bible. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and to all in which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And he goes, oh God, it goes on, read it in your own time. That, But come on, you know, be a people who believe the blessings of God will overtake you. Don't put yourself down. Don't consider yourself, you know, that's not going to happen to me because, you know, it's the place, that's how it's always been. Now, come on, allow the power of God to be manifest in your life. It gets better as you read on, of course, in, in there. You know, God, of course, was talking about establishing his people and, 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 and who they were, but those who were obedient to his word. That's why it's important, church, that we know his word. That we go into this new year being a people who allow the word of God to be rich within us. A bit like, you know, Jeremiah, we talked about him already this morning, but he had the, said the word of God was shut up in his bones. 
And be a people who allow the word of God to be spoken into you and be a people who speak the word of God out of you. That's why it's so good, I thought, this morning, when you're just declaring the word of God over each other today. Don't just just come to church just to sit and to listen. Be the kingdom. Speak words of victory over each other. Speak words of faith over each other. You know, allow each other and encourage each other to be obedient to the word. See, God, God wants you to establish, God wants to establish in you a strong conviction. He wants you blessed to be a blessing. See, too often the church doesn't look a lot like the church that Jesus said he would build. So I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God, the church needs to be so much stronger. So much more in tune with what God is wanting to do. And he's looking, I believe, for people who will obey his word. You see, the word is truth, isn't it? The word is truth, no matter what is coming against us, no matter what is challenging us. And some I know some people have come into this new year and think, man, alive, what's going on in my life? Thought things were supposed to get better when the new year turned, turned, turned the page. But his word is true. His word never changes. See, his word is truth, and truth overrides facts. Sometimes we can say, well, the fact is this and the fact is that, and these things are going on. But the truth of God's word overrides that. We see it so many times in Scripture where Jesus turns up in a situation and he's told this is going on and that is going on. And of course it is going on. And of course this is taking place. You can't deny that this is going on. But when Jesus turns up, the word turns up. And the word is greater and more truthful than circumstances that 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 are going around us. It overrides the facts. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. free. You see, too much, too much of the time we're bound up in things, we're tied up in things. When the truth is within us, and we allow the truth to be released from us and work in us, the truth will set us free. Have you experienced that? Many of you, I'm sure many of you have experienced, you get a revelation of the truth and it changes your life. It changes something on the inside, changes something in your mind, changes something in your thinking. It's like revelation. The lights come on, it gets clicked, and wow, everything has changed. When Jesus was asked by, when Jesus asked Simon Peter, as he was before, well, as he became, who do you say that I am? He'd ask a crowd of people, his disciples, the people who were close to him. What's the, what's the talk about me? What does the world think about me? What are people in your world talking about me? How do they see me? And some say, well, you're a good man, you're a prophet. And Jesus looked Peter in the eye and said, well, who, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're Christ. Or Simon as he was, you're Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, yes, that's it. You've got it, you've got it. And now I can do something. Now you're going to make a difference. Now we, church, the, the kingdom can be established. The king, kingdom can be built with people who know that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God.
You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. My heart's cry is that it's this year we, we know truth. That these days we know truth. Because truth sets us free. See, many people would live with unnecessary conflict because they don't apply the word with faith to their lives. See, you may be somebody who knows truth and you know the word of God over something and you have somebody in your world who is, who is facing conflict, facing challenges, and you know that if they could just apply the truth of the word of God over their life, everything would change. And yet, you know, you still... Year on, next year, year on, the next year. Year on the next year, they're still not applying truth over their lives. Truth of the word of God. See, no matter how challenging the circumstances, God's word never changes. Remember the word of God. Always turn back to the word of God. What does God's word say about this? What does God's word say about the situation that we're facing, the challenges that are coming at us, the difficulties that we're facing in our lives? What does God's word say about it? The facts may still be there, but his word says something different. And so no matter how challenging the circumstances, God's word never changes. And I believe we need to be a people who, who live with the peace of our position. That's why I love this scripture in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 4. Where it talks about, you know, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious, but with bring everything to him. With prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And what will God do for us? And the God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Jesus Christ. I tell you, we need to be people, I believe, who position ourselves to allow the peace of God to rule our hearts. The peace of God to guard our hearts. You see, you have something going on in your life and, and some challenges going on in your mind goes all over the place. And I believe well, if we allow the peace of God to come in, the peace of our position in Him. Do you ever been in a situation where you're anxious about something? Or you're worried about something? You've got some stuff going on in your life and then you hear something else and you, or you see something else or you get an understanding of something else and all of a sudden that which you're concerned about, that which you're worried about just lifts off you. Yeah, anybody ever experienced that? Could just be something as finding a fuel station when you're low on gas. <laughs> fuel. I thought I was going to have to walk. I drove through a flood the other day that I didn't anticipate being as deep as it was. And I'm in the, in, it's like, oh my gosh. And choo, choo, choo. <laughs> and out the other side I came. Phew. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> when you imagine the consequences of what I, what, of, 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 the, of, of being stuck in the middle of a flood. 
you know, a long way from home. Peace just, oh. Or you drive through a, a light or something and then you realize that you were, in a, you were actually in a 40, not a 30. Just simple things like that. But what about when there's something big in your life? What about when there's something life-changing in your life? What about when there's something, you know, real, not just the issues of a flood, flood water or a speeding camera or something like that, but just something, you know, allow the peace of God. And it, when you, with, with a knowledge of who you are and what he has done for you, the price he paid for you, that peace which goes beyond all understanding, allowing that to rule your hearts. It is so powerful. That comes as a, from a place of, of prayer, doesn't it? And as we go into these, this season, this next few weeks of prayer and fasting, as a church, we encourage you to all get involved. And we're encouraging you to get involved because we know the power of it. And we're expecting victories. We're expecting miracles. We're expecting to have a greater understanding of the things of God in our life. We're expecting to have a greater understanding and a revelation of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're expecting to have a greater understanding of our position in Christ. We're expecting to grow in our walk with God. And as we grow in our walk with God, I think, you know, it positions us in this place to live in the peace of God. You know, it is so powerful when we come together. And so we're going to encourage you to come together. You've got sheets. Have you got sheets of, that you're going to get them on the way out? Or just a little schedule. It's not complicated. We don't, we, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. As long as we overcomplicate it. We used to do Daniel fast and all sorts of fast and overcomplicate things and make it, you know, and it becomes more about the, what you're not eating and, or it becomes, or turns into like a diet really and um, it gets complicated. I don't believe life in the kingdom of God should be complicated. And so we're going to ask you just to dedicate some time these next 21 days to praying. We've got some prayer points there. Uh, we're going to encourage you to when the church is open for prayer to, whether it be a ladies, a men, or just a Wednesday night, just to, just to do everything you can, you can do to be here. Just for a short period of time and just bring corporately our prayers together. And uh, it's powerful. It's powerful. Sometimes I feel like we're teaching you just stuff you, you just already know, but it is powerful just to get on the same page and pray together. You know, because how many of you want the church to look like Jesus saw it? Victorious, with a voice to the nations, with, with, with victory in it and lives being changed and transformed and people overcoming things that seem almost impossible to overcome outside of our position in Christ Jesus, what he is, to see miracles take place. You know, see the things like that took place in the days of the early church when Jesus and the disciples would turn up somewhere and multitudes would be healed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe we need to be a people who keep our eyes on the Word of God. We used to call ourselves Word of Life Church, and we just took the... Um, Word of out, but it hasn't taken the word. We have, we've never, we took it out of the name, but we haven't taken it out of the church. I love it when people say to us, you know, well, you're a word church. Well, what other church is there? Oh, you're a faith church. Is there another source? Obviously, there is. 
You know, it is so powerful when we come together and pray. The Bible says, if two of you agree on any one thing on earth, it shall be done by my Father who is in heaven. See, when we come together, whether it be in, you know, corporally, we're going to encourage you to get together in just twos and threes, you know, just over these next, particularly over these next few weeks, just to get together with somebody at a time which is convenient to you and just get together and bring your prayers together. Because where two of you agree about any one thing on earth, <laughs> it shall be done by my Father who is in heaven. Sometimes we don't appreciate the power of agreements. Should we come into agreement on all sorts of other things? I've seen people come into agreement on negative things. Anybody ever seen that? It's powerful. But how much more powerful is it when two of you come together in agreement on something concerning the kingdom of God that's taking place on earth, something that is, that is going to impact you and your life? As a child of God, it shall be done by my Father who is in heaven. See, it's important that we pray persistently. How many of you have been in situations where you suddenly realize that over a period of time you have forgotten totally that you were praying about something? Is that just me? or is it... You forget you've been praying about something. I lost, we lost our persistence. In praying, is that, can you say that persistence? Is that not probably not good grammar, is it? You know, in Luke chapter eight, Jesus is teaching on. Luke chapter eleven, sorry, Jesus is teaching on prayer. Pray like this, and he starts introduces the way we pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer, and. <laughs> But then he goes on and he talks about in verse 8 about praying with persistence. He said, if a man comes to you and, and, and asks you to give him bread, something like that, isn't it? He comes and asks you to give him bread at night, at midnight. And you, and you bang on the door. You'd send him a text now, of course, wouldn't you? You wouldn't bang on his door. You'd send him a text and say, could you have me some bread? So-and-so. Well, you wouldn't say, well, just go to the shop yourself. They're still open. You know? You know? But this is the day that it's all shut up. And he, and he says, I, he prays and uh, he doesn't, sorry, he doesn't pray. He asks. Knocks, said, will you come and give me some bread? Somebody's come to stay and I haven't got any food. Give me a couple of loaves. And, he's, and the guy said, no, I'm still in my bed. I sleep. Everything's shut up. I can't be bothered. And then eventually he gets up. And the reason he got up and gave him the bread because he was persistent. Some of, I, I believe there are times when we give up at the moment before our breakthrough. Because we get weary. The Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Persistently. Some, you know, we, we, we like everything instant, don't we? Well, God hasn't done this yet. He hasn't done that. Well, then, you know, maybe it's not the season right now. So do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season we will, will reap, if we, reap if we do not lose heart. And when, you, when we pray, church, it's so important that we pray together as church because we are, as I say, we're all on the same page. We're in agreement with each other. Remember the, the time when Jairus went to Jesus? So my daughter is sick. Mark chapter 5. She says, my daughter is lying at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her 
that she may be healed. Wow, and what faith there is in Jairus. My daughter is lying at the point of death. Will you come and lay hands on her so she will be healed? What faith there is there? And Jesus replies, well, he didn't reply, he just went. Jesus went, he responded to that. And he is the word, of course, isn't he? She, he, she, he responds to that and went. Uh, with, with him, a great multitude followed him and thronged him. And you remember, on his way there, he got distracted with the woman who had the issue of blood. And while he is on his way and being delayed, someone else is getting their miracle. That's frustrating, isn't it? Doesn't that make you sick? Hey. <laughs> You have such faith for something, and then someone else gets a miracle. It's almost like God has forgotten about you, and someone else who's maybe a higher priority or has a higher profile gets a miracle. And he released the woman who he'd healed, and in releasing the woman who he'd healed or received her healing there, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Why bother him anymore? He, is, he, he got delayed and is, is left too late. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, don't be afraid, only believe. You know, I, he hears our words that we speak. Doesn't he? Come on, be a, be a people. Who, who consistently speak faith. And he says, so he says to him, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Just believe. Just believe. And so he carries on his journey. And, and it says in verse 37, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and saw the tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly, because that was their culture. Somebody had died. It was not, you know, just what they did. They were desperate. They were devastated. This girl who they had faith to see healed and had sent Jairus and the rulers had gone to, to get Jesus to come and get the word to come in because they believed that if Jesus turned up, she would be healed. It's like it's too late, and now, and so they're in this desperate situation, and, not, and it was the, part of their culture to just make a whole lot of noise and get around that place and just weep and wail. And he came in and he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And so there's a the circumstances there, this situation where the facts are that this child has died, but Jesus said, Because he is the word, and the word turns up and he sees things differently and says, The truth is, she's not. Dead, but she is sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child. See, the father and the mother had faith that God could do something. Separate yourself from the wailers and all the commotion and keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Word. 
Yes, it's it's real that these you know there 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 was a commotion. They, they they the others thought there was no hope. And he rebuked them, but when he had put them outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him. Those who were with him, Peter, James, John. He took those three who had the word in them because they were familiar with the word. They'd seen Jesus heal people, raise the dead, cast out demons. People who had a testimony. There was such a great cloud of witness. They had testimony of what God was able to do. So Jesus, the father and the mother, Peter, James, and John, those who were close to him, those who knew who he was, those who were living with that peace of that understanding and the revelation, but if Jesus is here, everything can be okay. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. And it says there that when, they, when he put them outside, then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl rose, walked out, for she was 12 years old, and they were overcome with great amazement. I tell you, it is, when you're praying for breakthroughs, when you're praying for miracles, when you're praying for things that you think, well, I believe you should do it when you're praying for anything, because anything outside of your control and naturally can be a miracle. He shut the others out. He shut the other voices out. When we're facing challenges, when we're facing going into a new year, when we're maybe you got a lot of stuff going on around you, but we're believing the blessings will overtake us. Amen. Blessings, you'll be blessed when you go out of your house. You're blessed when you come into your house. You're blessed if you live in a city. You're blessed if you live in a flat. You're blessed if you live in, a, in the country. You're blessed if you live in a bungalow, in a mansion. And then when you go out, you know, we, need, we need the blessing of God when we leave our homes. When you go into your workplace, when you go into the world, when you go into the school, when you go into the hospital, when you're waiting for a train that doesn't turn up. Now we need people around us who know what we know, believe what we believe. Live with the peace that we live with. We shut the other, we shut the other voices out. I'm not going to go into this new year with voices that are going to speak doom and gloom to me. You know, you hear them, you know, and sometimes you do. It's good to just turn the news off. You know, get the bare essentials, but don't dwell on it. If you've got something going on in your life, be selective on who you allow into your pain. Hello? Because not everybody knows the word like you know the word. Not everybody has seen Jesus work like you've seen Jesus work. Not everybody has a relationship that you have with the 
pain that you're in like the mother and the father had of Jairus' daughter. So be selective on who you allow into your pain. So be selective. You see, sometimes people will pray with people who, if you like, are on a different page. And so people will say, well, I didn't, of course, you're a word church. Well, in every church a word church. You're a Pentecostal church. Well, in every church of Pentecostal church. You're a faith church. In every church a faith church. I go to the church that only believes a particular, that is a church of the only particular opinion. So that's why it's so good that we pray with people who, who understand what we understand, who know that God is able. Be selective on those you allow into your pain. Be selective on who you pray with. I've come across people who pray with somebody, maybe they have a prayer partner, but they're nothing to do with the, with, with, the, with the church that they're based in or call their church family, and, and, and it can get conflicting sometimes. That's fine if they go to another church and they believe the same things. But not only every church believes the same things. That's why I encourage you to get together and pray in faith. So when we pray, we pray in faith. When we pray, we pray boldly. When we pray, we pray with conviction. You can pray quietly with conviction. You can pray loud with conviction. Sometimes you think you've got to pray real loud to make it sound like you're praying with conviction. But come on, you know, not everybody is loud and as proud as some others. Encouraging you to pray boldly. And pray the word of God. Bring the word of God into your prayers. Because no matter how challenging the circumstances, God's word never changes. God wants us to live. He wants us to live in our position and be at peace with our position of who we are in Christ Jesus. So we want to encourage you over these next few, next three weeks. <coughs> 20, I manage without it. It's getting dustier. We want to encourage you over these next 21 days to pray boldly, to pray in faith, to pray together, to pray the word, to pray involving the Holy Spirit, to allow God to do something in you, open our hearts to him. You know, don't be so, become so well accustomed to doing things the way we do them and living in the, in the, in the way in which we live. You know, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 talks about, you know, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by renewing your mind. And as we renew our mind, live, live in that place where our mind is guarded. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication or prayer and petition. Every circumstance, every situation. Maybe there's things going on in your life you never even thought about praying for those things. Or maybe you see things change if you did. You think you can take care of that yourself. A lot of things, I think, as Christians, we think you know, we don't need to involve God in that because we can take care of that. We don't live with the persecution that some people have to live with. with, live with. We don't live with the challenges that some people don't live with. Live with. So we, we, we think we can take care of things. He says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, 
every circumstance and every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Remember to thank God. Lord, we're coming into your presence. We're coming into your presence with thanksgiving. We're giving you thanks for the good things in our lives. We're giving you thanks for what you achieved for us on the cross. We're giving you thanks for our position that we have in you today. And so we're expecting you as we pray to, 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 stay, to, to meet with us, to see changes take place. We're persistent in our praying. We, you know, we're not going to grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we believe we shall reap if we do not lose hearts. And pray in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Must believe that he is. Believe that he is. And that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Come on, church, this morning. You know, God wants to reward you. He wants to bring He wants you to see these blessings over your life. He wants them not just to come on you, but to overtake you. To be a people who see the blessing of God when we leave the house. To see the blessing of God in every circumstance. When we come into our homes, how many want to live in a blessed home? I hope you live in homes where when people come into your house, they think, wow. There's something about this home. You know, you're spiritual. You'll go into a place, won't you? You'll go into a place and you'll say, well, this is something not, not right here. But you'll go into a place, another place and say, well, there's a presence. I sense the presence of God in this place, in this house. Every home in this place, I believe, represented, you know, should be a place where the presence of God is present. Where the peace of God is sensed. Where the love of God is expressed. Come on, you carry the presence of God. Suzanne's already mentioned Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. For faith is a substance of things hoped for. Have you hoping for some things? Come on, it's good to have hope. It's a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of those things not yet seen. We've got to be a people of faith. Let's stand on our feet this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, I'm not even, I can't even say that I live with that peace of God in my heart because I'm not even a Christian. I've never, I've never asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. I want to live with that peace. I want my home, my life to be filled with that peace. Why don't you ask Him today? Ask Him right now to come into your life, to make you a brand new person. Believing that He died on a cross for you and He rose again on the third day, giving you newness of life. Anybody anxious here this morning? It's not a bad thing to be anxious. Maybe you're joining us online, you're anxious about things. 
really anxious? Maybe you, don't, maybe you don't want to say you're anxious, but Father, I pray that those where there is anxiety, I pray the sweet presence of Jesus would just fill and the peace of God would just guard that anxious heart an anxious mind the peace of God which surpasses all understanding the peace of God which surpasses all understanding can't be understood it can only be experienced Lord I pray that there be an experience of the peace of God in the presence of God just guarding hearts and minds this morning. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for healing in the house today. If you're here this morning, you've got sickness in your body. Anybody got sickness in their body this morning? And don't have to be ashamed, don't have to be embarrassed. Jesus. Jesus. There's people of faith in the house here today who believe that God is the healer. Father, I pray the healing power of God. We call on the name of Jesus. The Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. Your Word says you sent your Word to heal us of our diseases. So we speak healing. Come on. Come on, speak out healing. Speak out healing. Speak out, I am healed.